their kids changed. And they say things like, I didn't do anything other than focus on my own feeling, focus on my own self, manage my own thing. And just like your kid probably didn't change at all. Very much so. Very much so. Probably didn't. It's what are you looking at? But yeah, if if you want to do five minutes of yoga and your kid wants Spider-Man, then you get to educate in that moment. You get to validate your own feelings and you get to maybe negotiate and say, you know, this is this is my time right now and we're going to do this. And here's how this is going to go in a very kid friendly way. Right. But then also let your kid know that their time matters too. Mm -hmm. And so that they have their time. So this is the time for this, but I'm going to make time for this so you can have that, right? Mm -hmm. And and begin teaching them a little differently, maybe, right? And it's it's not just my way or the highway, but it's giving them a say Mm -hmm. as well and letting them know it's okay to have their thing because I also get to have mine. And And I have noticed parents come back and say things like, I did this and the more I just kept doing it and practicing and being in my own body, being in my own self, my kids were like, okay. Like they just kind of gave in because they also realized they were getting what they wanted too. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks, episode 49. My name is Erin, I'm your host, and today we are going to dive back into part two of my conversation with Dr. Siobhan France. Um, If you haven't heard part one yet, go ahead and pause this conversation and head back to episode 48. Otherwise, I hope you are ready to dive in. Um, In this conversation, Siobhan and I pivot from talking about focus and feelings to talking about energy, effort, and connection. You'll hear us talk a little bit about where we turn our energy outward and where we have opportunities to turn our energy inward. We go on a bit of a tangent about parenting and parenthood and how one can build a reasonable morning routine while not being too rigid and strict and um, resistant (laughs) to living life with children while also trying to find time to connect with yourself in solitude. Um, solitude you'll find through this conversation is a word Siobhan uses quite frequently. And when she uses the word solitude, she means interconnection. She doesn't necessarily mean a monastic, isolated, version of solitude, which we kind of imagine, you know, a monk on the mountain, isolated from everybody. Um, That is not what Siobhan means. And she really sees being in harmony with yourself as a means to be connected with others instead of the other way around, instead of connecting with others first, and then finding the time to be with ourselves. This conversation is very similar to part one in that Siobhan really has a talent for accessing what we lovingly call Narnia through the episode. And that just means, you know, 
the difference between living in the hustle and bustle of the day-to-day world and living from within your own mind. And when your mind becomes untethered from all of those conventional expectations. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I continue to reflect on and learn from the time I've spent with Siobhan and the things that she's taught me and the things that she's allowed me to share with her. I would encourage you, wherever you are, to think about those miraculous friendships that you have had born out of social media and the people that have crossed your paths in an unexpected way that have benefited your life. And just send a little gratitude out in the world for the algorithm and whoever the algorithm is matching you up with. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I would love to connect with you. If you have any feedback about this episode after the episode, you can find me on Instagram at medium.lady. And uh, with no further ado, I will hand it over to uh, the rest of my conversation with Dr. Siobhan France. All right, so we are back, part two of this amazing conversation with Dr. Siobhan France. Um, Siobhan, you know, we, we we were just joking about you accessing the fourth dimension. And and I do, I believe I do believe that's true. And I think that's a lot of how I read it when you say, you know, um helping people get spiritual. I think that's a lot of what people are really accessing is this sort of like we can all get there. We can all get there, but we're sometimes really distracted and we don't know where to focus in order to, to find that trap door because it's really just on the other side of a very tangible trap door. But the other thing, Siobhan is, and I want to give you, you know, all the credit you deserve because for being somebody who is very comfortable with feelings and thought work and creativity, you're also extremely practical. You're a very, very practical person, and I can't imagine you would be where you're at if you weren't organized, succinct, you have amazing time management, (laughs) you know, like you also have like tremendous presence and delivery. You're an incredible speaker, you know, so you, you also have like a super practical like side of your resume and you kind of balance both of those sides of yourself, the right and left brain um, in this incredible package. And the reason I'm bringing up your practicality is I wanted to talk a little bit about a tip that you were giving on Instagram the other day, um, which was related to having a morning routine and how people struggle with setting up the right routine because they're treating it too much like a to-do list. And you had a really practical tip for getting a better flow out of your morning routine. And I'd love to hear you talk more about that. I think you kind of threw it out there as a throwaway tip, I screenshot the story and I was like, no, I need to read this and I need to study this screenshot of the story. It cannot disappear after 24 hours. This is vitally important information for me. And I've been complaining for a while that my morning routine is does not have the traction that I want it to have yet in my life. So, so talk more about that. Tell us more about, I don't know how much you remember the story. I know we briefly went over it before we started the recording, but Yeah, no, I do. I remember the story, the exact story, actually. But I I am very practical here. Here's what I'm going to say about that, because I think this is really funny. I think I struggle between the things I know about my spiritual self and being human. 
And I was joking with my friend the other day and I said, I said, in this realm, these things happen. But in that other realm, those things happen. And I was talking about like the spiritual <laughs> side versus like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was funny because I do spend a lot of time in my solitude, in my own energy, in my own yeah. creativity, in my, in my own essence. And it's from that space that I create, it's from that space that I access things that I think I can't access just in my everyday life on my human side. So I kind of have these two parts now where I say my spiritual self and my human side, because we all are in a physical body, but we all have our spiritual essence. Mm -hmm. I do make things practical, partly because my personality being in the healthcare field, being the way that I've lived life has been very practical. I have just now knocked on the door of spirituality the past few years. So I have to, in this, in this world, (laughs) bring that spiritual component for people to understand. And in order to like, I feel like I'm leaving the spiritual side and I'm coming back to the earth side. And then I'm running back to the spiritual side with the people, you know, it's like, I've opened the closet to Narnia or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I go through the word, the wardrobe or the whatever. And I'm just like, wow, this is a whole nother world, but it's in that world that we create all the tangible things that we desire. So yes, I, I am very practical. And I think that's very much, I mean, we live on planet earth, right? So you know, (laughs) keep our human side on board with what our spiritual self wants to do. So in terms of routines, people are like, wake up at 5am and I got to do this and this, 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 you got to work out in the morning. And I'm just like, I'm not about that kind of rigidity. But the tip that I gave was, you don't need to be rigid with your routine, but create a theme. And my theme for the morning is always some form of grounding, meaning I'm deepening my belief in the work that I do. I'm deepening my own belief of self and what I deserve and what I'm allowing. I am intentional about moving my body in some kind of way. It could be a three minute stretch or it could be a full on workout, but it is something that is intentional. And the theme that I continue on is inward. My morning theme is always inward. Sometimes that does look like just journaling on the porch, watching the sun rise. Sometimes that looks like me driving a mile down the road to sit by the water and do nothing. Sometimes it's music in the morning. Sometimes it's a whole dance party in my room at eight o'clock in the morning. It's anything that allows me to feel connected to myself. And that's been my theme. So I'm no longer mad at myself if I don't wake up at a certain time or if I didn't get this workout done when I said I was going to. But was I intentional about my theme of grounding myself, going inward and feeling really good about the work I'm doing. Those are my themes. I'm way less mad at myself if something doesn't get done or if I don't stick to it, right? Because I think for a lot of us, we want to be so creative. We don't want to have to be so rigid. And Mm -hmm. I think there's so many things out here now, do this, wake up at this time. If you don't wake up before other people or before the rest of the world wakes up, you're not going to make it. Like, I just called BS because I know people waking up at 11 o'clock 
right? And not touching their phones or doing anything until then. And they're multimillionaires. <laughs> I can tell you is the themes I do recognize of the people that have, you know, these, these physical world desires that we, we, we might want. Those people actually spend more time with themselves. I've noticed that. And I'm talking about the ones who don't just attain wealth, the ones who keep wealth. Mm. Those who attain it and keep it and then teach others on how to create businesses that are rooted and grounded in very purposeful mission driven work. And those are the people that are spending more of their time inward. Those are the ones that are a little less rigid with how things must, must look. They, they are kind of busting out of this norm of you have to wake up before the rest of the world. Why? Like, what if that doesn't work for me? It's okay if it doesn't work for you. I really urge you guys to establish your own themes. I, I like to say the themes should be some form of movement, some form of reflection and some form of like connection. And if you can create your own themes, those are, those are mine. But if there's something you do that you love doing in the morning, like if you love to sew and that's your thing and you sewed something for 10 minutes. I'm not a sewer. As you can tell, I'm like, can you sew anything for 10 minutes? <laughs> can you go sit in your sewing room mm-hmm. and can you, can you do something? Can you turn your machine on? Can you just do something? Maybe that's your point of connection. Maybe you want to start a YouTube channel or something. And you're like, I'm just going to record my thoughts every single morning. I don't have to post them, but my right. theme is just being out there and connecting with myself in that way. But if that's your theme, that's your theme. And you get to love that theme and that's yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pose a question because a lot of my audience are parents. And I think that some of the rhetoric for primary domestic caregivers about waking up early is that once your kids are awake, you're in service of them and their needs. And I even feel that way a lot of the time. It's like, unless I'm alone, I can't be doing any kind of inner work at all. And I think that that's why objectively on the outside, it's like you can't go to Narnia if people on earth need you. Yeah. And and so that, I think, is a real opportunity for us to confront our beliefs about what parenting is and what parenting isn't. And that I... If I believe that I can't be connecting with myself if my children are present, then doesn't that just create a really sad dynamic of resistance between myself as a mother and myself as a spiritual being who needs growth and development and creativity and nourishment, that those two things can't exist in the same hour of the day. So I wake up at 5 a.m. because I know nobody else is going to be awake and I get to go to Narnia, I'm using that as a metaphor for connecting with myself, but I can't go to Narnia if my kids are awake. And so I'm having, maybe I'm kind of talking my own way through a bit of an epiphany about that that is in fact a limiting belief that a lot of mothers and, and parents, people who are, you know, primary caregivers in the home feel. And I think that that also pushes the rhetoric of the early morning hours and sacri- or sacrificing sleep actually it can happen on the other end of the of the night as well which is many 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 people stay up too late 
and they sacrifice sleep because it's the only time they get to be alone. It's the only time they get to indulge in what they want to watch. It's the only time they get to eat what they want to eat. It's the only time they get to do an activity uninterrupted. And and then you're kind of trading off on your sleep because you're you're needing that um, time. So where am I going with this idea? I think is is I'm is I'm kind of I'm kind of trying to incorporate that idea of thematically. What is your routine thematically? And when you can be plugged into that theme, it doesn't matter who's around, right? It doesn't matter who's around. And actually, you can invite people to join you on that theme. And that's something that I've experienced quite a bit with my monthly experiments. You know, thematically, every month I'm reading, playing, I'm trying something new, and I'm thinking about something something specific. And a lot of the time, I might be bringing my family into any one of those given themes, but from a routine perspective, you know, from a from a like nourishing myself perspective, I definitely have this limiting belief that if I'm working on myself, my kids can't be around because they would never allow that to happen. And I would be a bad mother if I were to work on myself while they were needing something. <laughs> So, you know, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't have any kids, but I will say I've had clients who are parents, um, very young ones to, you know, your middle schoolers, right? I've also worked with a lot of parents in just different capacities. So I don't want to say that I'm making this sound super easy, but I can tell you what they've done and what I've helped them through is exactly what you just said. And it's including your kids. So if in the morning you decide that you want your cup of coffee and you want a journal, can your kids color? Can you create the time for your kids to color to do their activity? Can you help to develop themes for them? Like what do they enjoy and they get to be alongside mom or dad doing what they enjoy while you do what you enjoy that brings you that solitude, right? And I think if you're sitting there in your own solitude, there's some kind of admiration when you're looking at your child doing their thing too. Mm-hmm. And in this presence of like, that's so cool, right? Once you start to shift your own energy and your own beliefs, your kids pick up on that. They, they have such a heightened sense of awareness. It's not even funny. Like they really pick up on subtle changes. And once you start to shift, they're going to see you falling into that. They're going to feel your ease. They're going to feel your flow. And they're going to want to be a part of that. They might want to come snuggle up with you while you write. But if you already think they're not going to do that, then they're likely not. You're not going to yeah. be able to force them to. Yeah. But if you yeah. approach them differently in a way where, and I'm obviously not talking for like a, like a baby, like, like, like an infant, but, <laughs> you know, someone who, who might be able to sit in color, someone who might be able to play Legos, somebody who might be able to do something while you're in your own being, but mm-hmm. you sit in a room or sit on the counter or sit on the table, they might be eating cereal and they might be, you know, coloring or, or whatever. They might just be scribbling. They might be drawing, you know, but can you create that? And you can even say like, Hey, this is, this is our time in the morning and carve out that piece. Maybe your first point of connection in the morning is with your child. Yeah. I mean, it has to be a way, but create presence with them mm-hmm. because you're feeling good about teaching them something new you're changing your own energy and you're still doing something for you. Mm -hmm. It's a win all around, but I love that you said you include your, not just your kids, but handsome face. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You you include them in 
what you're doing in your fun, in your play, right? And, and I think we need to be a little bit more inclusive in a way that everybody gets to play and everybody gets what they want. Now, yes, you should have your own time. I think everyone should have their own time and we should hopefully have people in our lives that can help us carve out time, but include your kids. Mm -hmm. If you're learning more on the spiritual side and, and you're learning how to be more present, teach them those things. Mm -hmm. turn, turn on the yoga tape for five minutes and say, we're going to do this for five minutes. Mm -hmm. and say, it's five minutes. Put the timer there. When that thing hits zero, like we're done. But can you, can you create presence and connection and a theme for your child to move their body? Mm -hmm. can, can you do all that? Because to be honest, it doesn't take long to change a feeling. Yeah. The thing I will caution a lot of parents when you're hearing these incredible ideas is that you have to go back to what Siobhan was talking about earlier in uh, part one of this conversation, which is about managing your own feelings first. Because remember that, and I'm only thinking also about my own three-year-old, for example, is that sometimes there's instant resistance mm -hmm. and I'm manifesting that because I'm a participant in the resistance and I want him to be happy before I can do my thing. But I have to find ways and reflect on it's still being a moment of presence, regardless of the emotions that the three-year-old might have, because I'm in charge of me. Mm -hmm. And I don't need him to be happy for me to be happy. And that is a really key moment as a parent to be power, as to what you said before, Shimon, is, you know, you can be powerful as a parent. There's lots of moments of teaching, of guiding our kids, of taking care of them, of nourishing them, of showing them compassion and grace and growth and love. But there's also ways to be power. And sometimes that's being okay when your kids are not okay. Mm -hmm. And allowing for that to be a part of a part of what's acceptable to you in any given interaction with your kids and with your family. And, and that's really hard. I'm saying the words, you know, um, but I really think that a lot of the time, too, even if you're you're thinking like, OK, I have a plan tomorrow. We're going to do the yoga tape together five minutes. And that's just not what your kid wants to do because your kid wants to watch Spider-Man. And that's starting to already build in you a sense of like, how do I get you to do the yoga tape with me? And you've given away power already it's so easy to do because it happens so quickly and I think that again you know managing your own feelings feeling what you're feeling allowing it to pass through your body and then finding ways to change the feeling to change the belief mm -hmm. you know again it's that belief it's like the routine in a lot of ways comes from like the belief that I can't achieve what I want unless the routine goes as planned. Mm -hmm. And we I have parents say when they started to focus so much on themselves, mm -hmm. their kids changed. And they say things like, I didn't do anything other than focus on my own feeling, focus on my own self, manage my own thing. And just but like your kid probably didn't change at all. 
Very much so. Very much so. Probably didn't. It's what are you looking at? But yeah. if, if you want to do five minutes of yoga and your kid wants Spider-Man, then you get to educate in that moment. You get to validate your own feelings and you get to maybe negotiate and say, you know, this is this is my time right now and we're going to do this. And here's how this is going to go in a very kid friendly way. Right. But then also let your kid know that their time matters too. Mm -hmm. And so that they have their time. So this is the time for this, but I'm going to make time for this so you can have that, right? Mm -hmm. And and begin teaching them a little differently, maybe, right? And it's it's not just my way or the highway, but it's giving them a say mm -hmm. as well and letting them know it's okay to have their thing because I also get to have mine. And, yeah. I, and I have noticed parents come back and say things like, I did this and the more I just kept doing it and practicing and being in my own body, being in my own self, my kids were like, okay. Like they just kind of gave in because they also realized they were getting what they wanted too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to show them, and obviously this is going to be age dependent, but also show them. Remember earlier when you helped me be on five minutes of yoga, we did that together. And now you're going to have Spider-Man time and you, and you, you get to have that. And I want you to enjoy your Spider-Man time. And I'm going to give you 30 minutes, right? Like make yeah. them feel like they won, mm -hmm. right? If they feel like they're pushing against you. Then that's just what you're teaching consistently. And mm -hmm. I get, I say that so easily, but I'm also speaking from a, from a place of working with people who have kids. Sure. This is what they're going through. Cause they're like, how do I build a business? and have kids at the same time. I feel like I can't, I can't get a routine in, right? So these are the things that we work on when we start setting up themes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I really felt like when you said themes, that it was just like the most gentle approach to getting closer to the life that you want, because I think we do, we do, we try to build the future and then we try to play to the script that we've written but we've only chosen one possibility, you know, to go back to what you were saying before in part one. And it does seem like if we if we treat our routines as inflexible measures of success, then we're really only allowing for one inevitability or one conceived of way of success. And we think that we're navigating our way to a specific feeling, but the feeling is always accessible. Yeah. Any kind of recipe or combination that you might be able to, you know, conceive of. Um, if you're so rigid with this so-called routine in that you're creating resistance because you're mad at yourself when you don't stick to it. That's right. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. It, it, it defeats the whole purpose of a routine, right? Quote unquote routine. It defeats the whole purpose. Those are set into place to fill your cup before you go out there and pour out in, into the world. But I also say, if you're doing it right, then you fill your cup and you can go out there and pour into the world without emptying yours. Right. And I think that's the whole point of having a, a ritual, a theme that you start mm -hmm. with is to fill your own self up mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. without being mad at yourself for not getting something done. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, I talk about medium effort all the time and it's one of the ways I give myself grace is, you know, if I really want to lean hard into that Enneagram three of myself, it's about perfectionism. It's about the to-do list. 
It's about giving people, serving people what they want um, in me and in my personality and in my work. It's about, you know, doing something to the end of the line without interruptions. And, and it is, it can be really rigid. But when I say medium effort, what I tell myself is that I'm already worthy. I'm already doing good work and that I will know the amount of energy that I need to pour from my cup, so to speak, without depleting that cup. But I'm curious to hear from you, you know, what do you think people are putting too much effort into and what do you think people should put a little more effort into? Or energy. Energy is usually the word the word that you're, you know, leaning into. Yeah, so I like those two words. I like energy and I like effort because it takes effort to move the energy. Mm. A lot of people right now, their energy is stuck in a external world and they are really caught up in what they have to do. The very go, 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 the get it done. And I think being stuck in a cycle And so their efforts is how do I get out of this cycle? And they try to get out of the cycle by doing more effort inside of that cycle. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think people need to spend more time in solitude. And this, this probably makes me sound like I'm, I'm in the fourth dimension and living like a monk. And (laughs) I promise you guys, I get out. I do a lot of things. I have but. It's, it's the moments of solitude that I make very intentional. And I spend the time going back to sitting in my feelings. I spend the time sitting in my feelings, sitting in my stuff. And I focus inward in that way where I just feel things. Ideas come and ideas flow. And so I would say I'd love for people to spend more time in solitude. Mm-hmm. And I mean I've, I've even been extreme with some of my clients and I'm like, you don't have much focus right now. Please shut everything down. Like the podcasts, the YouTube channels, the Mm -hmm. books, just everything. Because if you're not in a space of being able to hear yourself, because there's so much noise and distraction, you're going to have a hard time knowing what you actually want. Input, turn off the input, turn off the input. So I think people spend more time in the wrong kind of effort. Mm. I think they spend more time in the effort trying to move the energy very externally, trying to force the circumstance to happen. Yeah. But then being in the solitude to get the idea that you need in order to take a different action. When you sit in solitude, you're going to know the conversations you need to have. I sat, I sat in solitude this is probably like many, many months ago, but this is what, this is a story that's coming up. I actually think I told this story in, um, in the course, but there was a mentor of mine that had reached out to me and she texted me and I didn't, I didn't respond like, like an older mentor. I didn't respond. And I thought about it and I was like, wow, I didn't respond. And then like a week goes by and I was like, oh, I'll respond. And then it was like two months and I didn't respond and I felt so bad. And then I kind of forgot about it. I remember sitting in solitude one day and her name came up in my thoughts and I went, I need to respond and I need to do it right now because that is not okay. But part of the reason why I didn't respond right away and when I had remembered initially, it had been weeks past, I felt bad. 
I felt mm-hmm. real bad. And I was like, oh, it looks bad now. But I waited so long. But that was an energy I needed to clear up because those are not relationships I want to have in that way where I'm non-responsive to people that are important in my life. And I don't want that person to feel unimportant. But that thought came to me in solitude. Had I been so busy in my hustle and bustle in my external life, I would not have done that. I would have been like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm this, I'm that. And, And I would have let it slide and I wouldn't have even thought about it. But being in solitude helps me maintain the relationships that I need to have. In that moment when her name popped up, I said, I need to do this right now. So I share that story to say, these ideas will come to you of relationships you need to foster, ideas you might need to have for your business or an idea that you need to have to tell your boss at work about something. That could be a big idea that you present to your boss and you get a promotion, right? So when you're in the solitude, and you put your effort there. And I say effort because it's gonna take something to just kind of sit still for a second or go for a walk without listening to music or without listening to a podcast or a YouTube video. That takes effort. It's a different kind of effort, but it takes effort. But I want you to know that in that solitude, in that presence is when those ideas come. That's when your beingness really starts to shine. So that's my long-winded answer for less effort externally and more effort internally in solitude so that you can actually see through the weeds. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that sometimes. um, And I have a few podcast episodes on intuition versus instinct. And I think sometimes we, when we live externally, we're responding on instinct. We're letting the stimulation of the outside world drive our next action And we usually think that living instinctively is a good thing, but it really, what happens is you miss out on the opportunity that your intuition has to speak to you in moments of space. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Viktor Frankl is between stimulus and response, there lies a space in the space lies your ability to choose and in the choice lies your freedom. If I'm if I'm looking for the moments where I'm really in myself is when I'm in the space between stimulus and response. And that solitude, that that is really just me myself and I in the space. I'm not thinking about what someone else is going to think about of, of me. I'm not thinking about um how I can serve others. I'm not feeling bad about my relationships. I'm just sitting in the space. I'm I'm neither being stimulated and I'm neither and I'm not responding either. And it's it's a space that I don't access every day. I wish I could say that I did, but you know, it's on the days when I do that more frequently that I'm absolutely feeling myself. I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling who I who I really want to be and become. So I think you're just, you know, giving incredible advice. When you're not, you know, traveling between Earth and Narnia, you know, Siobhan, what are you doing for fun? I am chasing a sunset. I just moved to Florida in May and I am I am chasing a sunset or a sunrise. Um, Yes, I love my sunsets and my sunrise. I am by the water. I'm doing work at a coffee shop. Um, I'm hanging out with friends on the beach at things called the drum circle, which is super cool. I'm getting out and I'm exploring. I'm exploring where I am. 
Um, I'm going for walks. I'm working out and I'm meeting new people and I'm, I'm having fun. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying the people that are around me and I'm enjoying all of my connections. And I'm going to ask this question because you are a three wing two, which is somebody who's a high achiever, but really focused on helping others, a real cheerleader. And so you and I have that both in common, but I'm really curious because I really love questions like, you know, if you were to imagine yourself 10 years from now, where would you see yourself or, or if you could um, give your past self advice, you know, I love those kinds of questions. Is that a space that you can access or that you, is that a good space for you to access? You know, like, so Siobhan, like, where do you want to be in 10 years? Or is that counterintuitive to everything we've just been talking about? No, it's, it's not because I do cast out vision. Right. And I think the vision for 10 years from now is hosting retreats Mm -hmm. and hosting events and hosting just bigger audiences to share and to teach and really do a lot of transformative work. I'm going to be working on some things um, myself, some healing modalities to help more people, right? To add that to my toolbox of things. Right now I'm in I, I coach and I help people get what they want and I help shift beliefs um, and I help people build and, and start businesses. But there is a level of stuff sometimes where I can't take on a client because there's, there's things in there. I'm like, that is not my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to necessarily take those clients on per se, but I do want to at least offer a service where I can have that modality for out, you know, as, as needed, but offer a different level of modality, um, and deeper healing work. Um, so that's my, that's my, you know, 10, my 10 year game. I would say, you know, to my past self, gosh, man, if I really had to sum this up, that's a hard question. If I had to sum this up, I think the biggest thing for me is not outsourcing my power. Because I really did feel comfortable in other people's feelings more than my own. Yeah. I became so disconnected and so disembodied. But had I known then what I know now, obviously, right? I would really tell myself to spend more time with myself Mm -hmm. and be more expressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely to speak up Mm -hmm. because in the not speaking up that I gave that person power. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So continuing to speak up, continuing to not outsource my own power um, is what I would tell myself because that really has been the game changer. When I stopped doing that, I developed better focus. Mm-hmm. And as I developed better focus, things changed. So if I, if I had known that back then, that's how I was able to tap into things now. Amazing. Siobhan, I could talk to you forever. I hope you will come back on the podcast (laughs) another time. Absolutely. Um, And I will be signing up for retreats whenever, wherever you want me to hop on a plane and do some um, in-person embodiment work with you. I cannot wait. I'm I'm feeling that for the future. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you and your work or get to know you a little bit better? Do you want to do a little self-promo Instagram or website or how can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor 
Um, I love how full circle this has all come around. <laughs> I'm just so I love your work so much. I love how you authentically show up and create the space for others to come on. Um, so it's so great. So thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Dr. Siobhan France, and that's S I O B as in boy, H A N, last name France, like the country. You could also find me on Facebook. It's just my name. My website is www.emboldensoul.com. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. Siobhan, have an amazing evening. Thanks so much for all of your wisdom and for teaching me so much for really, you know, transforming, transforming my thoughts and my beliefs and uh, just being the friend, being the friend that you are. You're such an amazing woman. And I honestly cannot believe the algorithm made this match. Uh, It was meant to be. Yes, absolutely. It is not over. It is just the beginning. (laughs) Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later, Siobhan. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please make sure to reach out and connect on Instagram with me. I can be found at medium.lady over there. If you have any feedback about today's conversation with Siobhan, you can head to the pink tile in my feed for the latest episode and we can always continue the conversation over there. Siobhan can be found online at emboldensoul.com or on YouTube as Dr. Siobhan France, as well as on Instagram where she and I first connected. She can be found at Dr. Siobhan France, all one word. If you like this podcast, please make sure to share a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for growing our community. Finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you're listening and make sure your notifications are on. Don't forget, you're doing such a good job. Bye.